Welcome to Spirit Body, a podcast about bodies, spirituality, mental health, and how they all connect together. I'm your host, Lauren Donaldson, a therapist, astrologer, and an intuitive healer. Welcome back to the show. Let's start by taking a breath together. Just taking a quick moment to settle in, meeting yourself where you are, and just taking a full breath in and a complete breath out. And say hello to yourself if you want to. Hi, self. I'm really excited about this episode. I got to sit down and chat a while ago with my friend and colleague, Kristen Tand. Kristen is an experienced internal family systems therapist, and she specializes in working with women who are high achieving and are experiencing overwhelm. She works in Oregon and Washington, and I will link her website in the show notes if you want to get in touch with her because she is incredible and very knowledgeable, and we got to have a great chat. Um, We talked all about internal family systems therapy, which I've mentioned a little bit here and there on the podcast, but in this episode, we really dive into what is IFS and how is it different than traditional talk therapy I really loved interviewing her and getting to kind of like explore this therapy uh, in this conversation. I really love IFS because it's both a therapy that is wonderful to do with a therapist, but it's also a modality that really lends itself to self-practice that you can do on your own to support your healing work. So your healing work isn't only happening in the context of, you know, your therapy hour every week or every other week. I also just wanted to mention, this is the last episode of 2021. I wanted to thank um, everyone that's been listening since I started this podcast in April. It's definitely been a journey and I will be back with some fresh episodes in the new year. So hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the show. So glad that you're that you're here with me, Kristen. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks for having me here. I'm really excited. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about IFS and how that shows up in relationships and life in general. And so I thought it would be a good opportunity to just kind of talk about what is IFS and yeah, how is it different than just like a typical a typical therapy that you might experience. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, IFS. Um, so it stands for Internal Family Systems, IFS. Um, and the the main idea around it is that um, you know, inside of each of us, we're kind of made up of like multiple parts. So, and that's why it's called the internal family systems. It's kind of like these parts inside of us are like a family that, you know, works together, doesn't work together, has alliances, doesn't have alliances. So if you think about like um uh, uh, these, these parts is like little personalities inside of us, like sub-personalities. Um, and IFS therapy is getting to know those parts, those sub-personalities as their own little pieces of you. So you develop this relationship with your parts inside of you. Um, and through that developing relationship and getting to know those pieces, you can actually create really deep healing of your parts and uh, of wounds that, that have been there very deep. So that's very different than like traditional 
therapy, which is kind of like a, a therapist that's like asking you questions, you're answering questions, you're talking about things, but you're not really oftentimes getting to like the deeper work. Yeah, totally. Thanks for sharing about that. Um, and for anybody that doesn't or like hasn't experienced IFS or doesn't know about it, can you kind of tell us a little bit about like what is a part or like what's an example of a part that you see a lot in your work? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that's such a good question. So parts, they, they show up in a variety of ways. So parts will show up as like a physical sensation. So like, if you like, if you have like a tightness in your chest, that's like a part of you that's showing up or they might show up as like a thought, a thought of like, um, uh, oh, what am I going to say? What if I say something wrong? Like a worrying thought, they might show up as a feeling, um, uh, sadness or anger, or they might show up as like an image or a memory. Mm. So you might be thinking about something that happened a long time ago, and that's a part that's showing you a memory. So those parts kind of show up in those ways. So I, I guess I gave a couple examples of parts through through those different yeah. means. But yeah, yeah, parts show up in a variety of ways, um, and they're kind of like constantly there. Yeah, the yeah. So we're never like without our parts; they're always right. there. Yeah. And I, I know we both know from the IFS perspective that all parts are welcome, right? Like yeah. even if there are parts that we don't like or frustrate us sometimes, the IFS approach is that we, we welcome them all and we try to work with all of them. Yes. Yeah. All parts welcome. And that's also what's really different about IFS versus other therapies. Yeah. Because IFS is like, oh, you know, like, other therapists are saying, oh, you're having a panic attack. Let's try to get rid of the panic attack. Right. Um, let's try to stop that. And, and IFS doesn't mean like, hey, let's welcome panic attacks. Like, <laughs> right. That's great. You know, like that's not the goal. But it's more saying, like, oh, you're having a panic attack. Okay, there's there's um that there's a part here that is panicking. Let's get to know that part that is panicking and and why is it doing that? There's a reason it's doing that. It's trying yeah. to help in some way. It's just that that way isn't really serving your system as a whole, like maybe it did a long time ago when it developed. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it, we understand the job it's doing, we get it. And also maybe let's try to help it out of that job. Yeah. So like, instead of like panic attack, what else could that part be doing? Mm -hmm. That's not so overwhelming to the system. And that's sort of like, you know, the answer to that is like within IFS. Um, yeah, we would hopefully find that answer within IFS. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's, I think that that makes this type of therapy a much more gentle approach because yeah. it's like, oh, okay, let's, let's understand that panic. And yes, maybe there's another way to do that as opposed yeah. to something that's, that could be more direct or harsher in some ways of trying to get rid of that. Oftentimes when, right. I've noticed if you try to get rid of something a part is doing, it'll just get bigger and louder. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of, um, reminding me of like the, like the, like the addiction model of just like, get rid of your addiction. And, you know, IFS wouldn't say, of course, that like, you know, your alcohol addiction is like good or, but just the way that it would be approached would be so different as a, you know, as opposed to, it's just like this enemy that you have to like succumb to, um, just like a really different way of looking at that. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great 
example too of like alcohol addiction or alcohol abuse. Yeah. Yeah. And, and because if you can approach it, like, okay, how can we see how this has been trying to benefit you and trying to help? Right. Then, um, often our, 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 our system, it's, it's just more, um, it's more welcoming to yourself. It's more saying like, oh, I mean, compassion to myself and how I've managed. It's like, in some ways, very intelligent and creative ways of managing very difficult yeah. pain, you know, like um, numbing something that's uh, a, a very uh, immediate and strategic way of numbing pain. Yeah. Uh, and now we just have to find what's another way that we can heal that pain so you don't have to numb it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I see that a lot in my work with eating disorders that like eating disorders makes so much sense. I usually see eating disorders as multiple parts. It's not just what, you know, one part right. is the eating disorder, but it's like eating disorders make so much sense, especially given the context of, you know, the diet culture world that we live in that yeah. they would be a really effective form of coping for a while, like until they're not. And mm-hmm. I want to honor that, that like yes. this worked for a time and it really like got me and anyone else with an eating disorder through a really hard time and mm-hmm. until it didn't like it yes. you know, worked until it didn't. Yeah. And to not yeah. like shame and blame these parts. Cause just mm-hmm. like you would talk to another person, like if you were trying to resolve a conflict, like hopefully you wouldn't shame and blame them right. in order to like get what you want. Um, and I mm-hmm. think we can like kind of take that experience of like working with other people and hopefully like turn it in towards ourselves that like, mm-hmm. yeah, like shaming and blaming is not, um, super effective a lot of the time. Right. Yeah. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work so well. Yeah. 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 I love how you use that word honoring, like honoring those parts of how, yeah. how hard they've been working this job that they've been doing relentlessly, sometimes for years and decades. Yeah. Um, and starting there and then finding another way to do it and helping those parts find another way to do it. Yeah. How did you come to IFS? Like, how did you um, kind of decide that this was something that you wanted to invest more, you know, of your time and energy in learning and, and doing for your clients? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, so I, I learned about IFS from a friend colleague that I'd known for many years. We'd worked together in agency, community mental health, and um, we had both been finding that our clients almost were kind of like doing like a revolving door thing where they would come into therapy, they would make some gains, we would end, and then they would come back in with the same difficulty. And we were saying, gosh, you know, like, it just feels like we're cutting limbs off a tree. We're just like, um, without getting to the root of it, we're just working mm. on like managing symptoms. And she had said, hey, I've heard about this, this other therapy, IFS, that's um, kind of more about like healing the underlying issues instead of just doing symptoms. She's like, I'm going to look into it. And maybe you want to do this online program with me. Um, and then she'd also mentioned that there's a spiritual component to it, which, um, wasn't in a lot of the other modalities that I'd been experiencing in therapy. So, uh, that was really exciting to me of like, oh gosh, yeah, there could be kind of this, um, you could heal people and you could bring in some spiritual spirituality to therapy. That sounds like a a win-win. So I I did an online course for a year at IFS. And then I did a, what they call level one, which is a full year commitment, 108 hours. So, um, and then, yeah, it's just been uh, down the rabbit hole ever since. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I feel similarly in that I was really drawn to IFS because it, it not, I would say it's beyond like welcoming in spirituality because I feel mm. like a lot of other therapies sort of make that claim that spirituality can fit within. Whereas like IFS, it's almost like inherently spiritual because it's so like, and we can go ahead and, you know, talk about the self in IFS, the capital S self um, is such a, you know, a pillar of this, of this therapy that it's sort of like, you can't separate Mm-hmm. The two, like you can't separate spirituality from IFS, which to me reflects my like lived experience and a mm-hmm. lot of the lived experiences of the people that we, that I work with that yeah. like these, like the spiritual part or, you know, it's like, it's not, it's not separate and it's very mm-hmm. reflected in the therapy itself. If that makes sense to me. Yeah, no, that makes yeah. sense. That's such good clarification. And, and that feels like more of like the truth of it, right? That it's just inherent. It's, you don't need to yeah. separate. It isn't separate. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like welcomed in or excluded. Like it is just already integrated. It's like baked in. Yes. Instead yeah. of like intentionally brought in or intentionally excluded. And at the right. same time, I feel like for someone that is atheist or agnostic or doesn't believe in spirituality at all, like because it, because IFS uses language, you know, the self of, you know, that's the language that mm-hmm. IFS uses. We all have a self, right. <laughs> whether you believe that is spiritual or not, I do, but mm-hmm. the self doesn't have to be inherently, you don't have to give it that label. I feel like, right. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 That like, um, if someone, yeah, someone who is agnostic or not not attributing to any type of religion this this could still be a friendly and open modality yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah and and when you say it's inherent it's like self which we're about to talk about yeah it <laughs> is like is the healing component it's yeah like the, the yes. whole the whole the whole piece of of why ifs works as a form of therapy yeah. yeah. Tell us what is the self and anytime we're saying self in this conversation, we're using capital S self, uh, for the right. most part. Um, but yeah, tell us what is the self in IFS and yeah. yeah. How do we use it? Yeah. So self capital S is, um, kind of like the inner wisdom, inner knowing, um, that, that is kind of our deepest, truest, uh, part of who we are, like self of who we are. And the way that IFS describes it is that it has eight components, eight components of self energy. And sometimes they refer to as self, sometimes self energy. Sometimes I like energy because it's, it almost feels that way, kind of like a flowing through kind of an energetic mm-hmm. feeling. Um, so those eight components, it's interesting. They, they all start with the letter C, which makes them really easy to remember. Um, and so I'll just list a couple of those. So feelings of compassion, creativity, courage, calmness, curiosity, confidence, clarity, and connectedness. And, um, and so when people ask me like, oh, how do I know if I'm in self-energy? How do I know if I have self? If you think about a time when you felt very clear about a decision and very just calm and knowing in that decision, that is when you were in a state of self-energy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure most people have had um, 
if, if nothing else, little blips of that feeling at times, as well as I'm sure like uh, expansive experiences, maybe at times of being very in self. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just to kind of bring in like the way that this would relate to parts, like if, if you have an angry part, then like if, if you felt frustrated towards that angry part, you would not be in self-energy or not totally in self-energy. But if you could connect a feeling like, yeah, like I feel really compassionate and understanding of like why I felt angry in that situation, like that might be yes. more of like, you might be in more of self-energy um, right. than not. Yeah, exactly. That's such a great example. Cause that's, that's what kind of that description of um, all parts welcome yeah. where like, if there's yeah a part that's really angry, if you're able to meet that anger with compassion, like I get you, I see you, that makes so much sense why you'd be angry. Absolutely. Then that's welcoming that anger. The anger is not pushed away or shoved away. It's just right. saying like, I see you, I can hold you. You're okay. Let's understand why you're angry. Yeah. 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 Such an important, important distinction. And we kind of talked about too, like which I think really relates to some of the work that you do, that there's this concept in IFS of self-like parts. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit about self-like parts and, and kind of like what to watch out for. Yeah, self-like parts are really interesting because they're, it's a part, you know, it's not, it doesn't have all those eight components, but it's a part that shows up kind of looking like self. So, you know, maybe a, a part that's, um, appearing like super compassionate of like, oh yes, I will take care of you. Like I'm I'm really helpful. But but what's different is that there's a, there's an agenda there. Like the self-like part (laughs) wants to take care of something, wants to make something better. Whereas self just allows it to be without any agenda. It's not pulling for one thing or another. It's not trying to get like that anger example. It's not trying to get the angry one to stop being angry. It's not trying to get it to be more uh, passive or something where the self-like part might be like, let's help you calm down. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, that, that I feel, yeah it, oh, it makes total sense. And I, I feel like that's so important in, in just the, like the piece of like, you know, it's not self-energy when there's an agenda. And yes. I, I feel like yeah. particularly like caretaking parts, which I see mm-hmm. so much in my work. So mm-hmm. many caretaking yeah, parts showing same. up um, of like, it's, it's, it is compassionate, but it's not like, maybe there's like resentment there or exhaustion or a, a, any sort of like a agenda too of like trying to like, even a really subtle, like unconscious, like manipulation going on. Um, like, yeah, yeah, it's just not rooted in that, like truly like calm and clear self-energy. Um, and I feel like those parts in particular for women and, you know, people of all genders, but I think people that are socialized as women, we really get like very blended with self-like parts at times. Um, cause yeah. we're, you know, so socialized to care and help a lot right. and therapists too. Yes. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, and I think that's uh, IFS as, as well is really important for the therapist and the therapist parts Absolutely. Um, of wanting to caretake. Oftentimes, and I think that's a big difference between traditional therapy is that I think yes. therapists often will get into those caretaking roles and taking care of their clients, which can foster dependency. 
Yes. Whereas if you can notice that you have a caretaking part, kind of step back from that, um, then you can kind of meet someone from a place of openness instead of taking care of them. Yeah. And it, and it is a different energy. Yes. Like mm-hmm. compassion and clarity and creativity is a different energy than caretaking, yes. which also is a C word, but <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's a different, different C word. It is a different <laughs> vibration though, for sure. Yeah. Cause when you caretake yeah. someone, you're telling them you can't take care of yourself. I have to take care of you. Yeah. And this idea is you have everything inside of you to take care of yourself and heal yourself. And I'm just here to help hold space and to help yeah. guide you. Yeah. yeah. Very different energy for sure. Yeah. 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 And, and just, yeah, like you said, very different energy for the therapist too. Yes. A lot more guiding as opposed to like advice giving or, yes. um, even really suggesting anything like, and it's, that's not to say like IFS therapists are blank slates. Like I would say absolutely not. Um, but it's definitely more of like a guide role, mm-hmm. um, and guiding people into something that they can also do on their own. Like, yeah, it's obviously I'm pro like come to therapy and get help with from a therapist, of course. And also like, you can work with your parts, Mm -hmm. especially as you get to know your system really well outside of therapy. So it's not, there's much less reliance on the therapist. I feel like overall in IFS, which I really love. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I agree. 100%. And I do like that as well as that. Yeah. You can do, um, IFS therapy and, and get some really deep healing with that guide. And then you could step away from that for a bit and continue doing your own work with your parts. And it's kind of like a, an ongoing forever kind of peace, just being in more relationship with yourself, really. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the common parts that you see clients either coming in with or struggling with in, in your practice? Yeah. Well, we were just talking about that caregiving, um, Mm -hmm. which is, can be a part and similar to that, um, a part that I often see with a lot of my, my clients, and just people in general is a, a people pleasing part. So like a yes. part that's like trying to um, make others like them and make sure everything is okay for other people. Um, a real striving to, to yeah. like maintain relationship, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And then like we we're saying, like uh, sometimes parts will show up in imagery or in memories or feelings. And for a lot of my clients, um, these high achieving, hardworking women, it'll show up as like, like, like walls, like walled off, like feeling of walls or, um, feeling kind of cold or detached, kind of distant. Um, so again, like there's a million ways parts show up, but these are just things that I commonly hear from. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like people pleasing parts are, are similar to caretaking in that they can be Mm self-like, um, I feel, yeah, I feel like most people pleasing and and caretaking parts kind of fit under the like self-like category. And I think that's why they're so complicated and can be, especially in other therapies, like harder to pinpoint. Right. um, Because they are so, they can look like self energy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know for me as a client, before I was doing IFS therapy, I would show up to therapy from a part from my good client part, because like, I love therapy and I, 
I enjoy it. I like getting into all my shit. And so I would show up as the really good client that would never miss a session and would be present and vulnerable and emotional. And I realized like through IFS therapy, how, like, what a disservice I'm doing to myself to show up as the good client, because I'm not getting, I mean, that's a very like protective way to show up as a, Mm -hmm. you know, as the good client, because if I'm showing up with that, then I don't know. There's other, other parts of me that are just not getting addressed. Um, there's like hidden parts that, you know, it might be easier for them to stay under the, you know, under the radar, but that's not helping me overall. If I'm just like, know all the answers to the therapy questions that I should be saying, you know, like (laughs) I know all the stuff, so (laughs) I don't have to go deep if I already know everything. Yeah. 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 I'm sure some people can relate to that of like, like, oh, I, I know all those breathing exercises. I know these right. coping strategies. Like I know what to do when I'm super anxious. So what are you going to tell me that's different? And, yeah. and like, and I want to make sure that you like me therapist and that you, right. Uh, that right. I'm, I'm your favorite client. Yeah. Um, yeah. again, like such probably, a a really important strategy. And I can so relate to that people pleasing too, by the way, <laughs> such an important strategy that we have learned over time. I think when you were talking about um, being socialized as women too, right? Like being liked, being agreeable, being um, easy to get along with, don't rock the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what about all those other parts that don't get to show up? Like, like anger, like, yeah. like disappointment, like rejection like those kind of heavy hitting big ones it's like what what would it be like to have those show up as well in the therapy yeah. and get to know them yeah yeah and and do hopefully do get to do healing work around them absolutely yeah, yeah. and I know for for me like some of those parts I don't get to show up they they will pop out or get suppressed in other ways like you were talking about disordered eating and things like that like that's often a way to kind of keep a lot of those other parts down that that don't get to pop up yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think we may have touched on this that, you know, these parts are protective, like people pleasing is right. protective. So is caretaking. I mean, a lot of parts are uh, protective and I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on like in your, in your experience, either, you know, as with yourself as a client or as the therapist, what are these parts protecting? Mm-hmm. Like what's underneath there? Yeah. That's the question, right? <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so just kind of some of the IFS language again, like there's different kinds of parts. So there's protectors as parts, and they have a couple different categories of protectors. And then there's what we call exiled parts. So exiled parts are, um, parts that are, that are, um, parts of ourselves that have been pulled away because they've endured some kind of pain or they've been hurt in some way. And when they endure that pain, they, they carry a burden and that burden can be really intense for you as like, as a person, as a system. And so like the protectors, those parts like anger or people pleasing and those that are protecting, they're often protecting exile parts of ourselves so that they don't get hurt again, or so that they don't pop up and like flood the system, flood you out. So, you know, an example of that might be, um, say like as a little kid, you, um, uh, you got hurt in some way, you were rejected maybe by a parent who didn't have time to like, listen to all the 
big feelings you had. And so as a little kid, you just learned to kind of keep that hidden away. But that's like a heavy burden to not express your feelings and like what's going on. Yeah. So then a protector will come and protect that that little one from not having to, to experience that pain again. And so they might do that through saying, oh, well, I'm going to make sure that they don't express their feelings out. They don't talk. They don't say those things. And so that's where you might find yourself struggling to express your feelings or how you feel about something. You have a protector that's keeping that hidden in the exile that's holding that burden of I'm not supposed to say how I feel. Yeah. Um, so our, our exiled parts are often really young. They're often very um, tender. And if you think about little kids that are so free and like <laughs> expressive, um, that's where a lot of our creativity comes from. That's where a lot of our ability to connect with other people comes from. So if a lot of those parts have to get exiled away, it makes it really hard to connect with other people, to feel free, to feel like you can be who you truly are. Yeah. That was a yeah. big answer, but no, I, I mean, that's, that's a beautiful answer. And that is exactly where I was going. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I, maybe it would be helpful to share, like I, I, you know, I'm an IFS therapy. I've talked about that before on the podcast as a client. And one of the things that came up recently for me was, um, I have, I have a lot of fear and distrust of doctors sometimes. And like, I can logically like know all the reasons why, especially with diet culture and, you know, the medical establishment is pretty fat phobic and all that. Like I get that logically and intellectually, but recently I re you know, through, you know, the process of IFS realized that there was like a little three-year-old in there that had an appendectomy and felt really afraid of like all the adults and, and all the adults were also afraid. So that was like another element of like, I was afraid. And so were all of the people that were supposed to be caring for me. So that kind of like early experience kind of like set the tone of already being afraid. And then add on top of that, all of the like cultural and, you know, messages that we have around bodies. And I mean, that's just like a perfect storm for being afraid to go to the doctor and avoiding Mm -hmm. like important medical appointments, like physicals and pap smears, you know, all these things that are really important. And I think the reason I'm sharing that is because it's not always something that you think of as like a a big capital T trauma. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't really think ever think about my appendectomy from when I was three. Um, I feel like even that's a bigger example than something that, you know, might show up as an exile, but, you know, just to kind of like illustrate that it's not always something like sexual trauma or a natural disaster. It's not always something like that. It can be really mundane things. Um, very small that end up getting, you know, those end up as exiled Mm -hmm. parts um, that need healing. Yeah. As you're describing that, I just have this like warmth for your, your little (laughs) three-year-old that was probably so so scared and just needs someone to explain and be calm with her. Right. Around like what, what was going on and yeah, I, I appreciate that example because it's an example of um, that. Yeah, when our when our parts, you know, little young ones get exiled away, they get kind of stuck in that time. Yeah. They get stuck at that place. So that three year old might actually in you know inside of you be be stuck in that doctor's office, feeling really scared and unknown. And then the way that translates into our adult lives is like, yeah, then we're we're having a difficult time making doctor's appointments or feeling really nervous at a doctor's office because that three-year-old comes up 
Absolutely. Um, out, out of out of the depths. <laughs> and it's like yeah. this doesn't feel safe. Um, so that's where self comes into play is being able to work through those protective systems to get to that little three-year-old, that exile, um, and be able to help her be seen in her fear and reassured um, and healed so that then when you go to the doctor's office, you don't feel so scared. Right. And yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I was thinking about is like, even even if I knew that intellectually, like, oh, I had an appendectomy when I was three. And so it makes sense that I would be afraid of of the doctor now, even if I could make that um, connection with my intellect or, you know, my logical brain, it's like, it's really different that experience compared to like, you know, going in and really being with and connecting with that three-year-old from self energy, like that process is so different experientially Mm -hmm. than just cognitive understanding. And I think that's like the real power of IFS is that it's very experiential and it's like, you know, I think, you know, we both know like talking about a part is a lot different than talking to a part or talking Mm -hmm. with it. It's a completely different experience. Um, So yeah, that's why I think it's just such a, such powerful healing or possibility for powerful healing because it, yeah, it's the experience of, of being with and and talking with. Yeah. Very experiential therapy. And yeah, you're right. And and sometimes I think when people are hearing about this, they're like, how does that work? And what does that look like? You know, how, I don't, how does that experience, you know, Um, because yeah, I had someone say recently to me that on the outside, this seems very simple. Oh, yes. you just talk to this part of you that feels afraid and you tell it that it's okay. It sounds very simple. And sometimes even from the outset, when you're watching someone do an IFS session, it seems simple or like yeah. um, kind of a, a sometimes even silly, you know, like, oh, you're yeah. talking with this like yeah. your part that's showing up like a fireball. Like, what are you talking about? This is very odd. Um, but the experience of it is incredibly powerful, incredibly deep, um, and, and, and also can be very, very quick and also very efficient, um, yeah. which I also like about it. Like you can make yeah. one, one unlocking with a part and all these things in your life starts kind of Absolutely. magically being easier. Yeah. I feel like it's like a sim- it's simple, but not easy. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like things that are simple are not left, you know, not necessarily like less profound or less yeah. uh, impactful. Um, yeah. but yes, agree that it's, it, it does appear simple. And I think like even reading about it, you know, before I start my training, it's like, this is so everyone should be doing this, but there's <laughs> a lot more to it in practice and sure. you know, in our systems are, are in ecology and, you know, working with the system as a whole is a lot, is a lot more difficult than just like targeting one behavior, um, like other therapies do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. One piece I'll add to that too, because a lot of people, um, that I work with are afraid that if we work with parts, they'll have to like relive, um, experiences of like their background. And that's another thing that I'm really drawn to IFS is that you, you don't have to do that. You don't have to actually relive your trauma yes. in order to heal from your trauma yes it's more actually you know like a part might be stuck in the trauma and you can actually help that part like leave that trauma you don't have to relive the whole thing and you just kind of help the, that part feel the 
feel whatever it's feeling and heal from it. Right. So, without reliving. Yeah. Without reliving. Yeah. And, and, um, which I think is great because yes. reliving trauma often just creates yeah. more traumas. Not do that. <laughs> yeah, for, not client, do that. for client and therapist. I think Absolutely. that's the other thing is like really sustainable as a therapist too, because you're more in that guide role as opposed to like li- reliving through like vicarious trauma all day, yeah. multiple times a day. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think IFS is great for, uh, yes, therapists and, and yeah. burnout. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How, how do parts like show up in in either relationships or just like, yeah. How do you see them? Yeah. I guess, I guess that's what I'm trying to ask. How, how do they show up in relationships? Um, what does that look like usually? Yeah. Um, well, one thing that comes to mind with, with that question is like in relationships, I think, um, often we're, we're in like, we're in a part and then whoever we're in relationship with, whether it's like our partner or friend or a family member, they're in a part too. And so it's like our yes. parts interacting with their part. Um, and we don't even know it. Cause you feel like you're, you're, you're in the part. It's like you, you're like what we call blended with that part, uh, which, so like an example might be, um, you know, I want to make something for dinner and I'm really excited about it. And my partner is like not having it. And he's like, no, I want something else. And so this part and me comes up that gets kind of controlling. And it's like, <laughs> this, no, we're going to have this thing for dinner. I've got my heart set on it. And his part gets all, you know, it's, it tackles up. And so we're in our parts and then we, we end up getting in like kind of like a, a power struggle or like an argument about it. Yes. Um, yeah. And so, uh, and like our parts have, they have an agenda. They have something mm-hmm. that they're trying to get at. So, so then you can kind of lock horns in that way. Um, uh, so, so that's just one example of how parts can show up in relationships. It's like if you're like through argument is often a way um, where you know the parts have their own what they're trying to do. Um, yeah. So the protective systems often show up in, in relationships, but also relationships are where we're our most vulnerable at times. That's how we get connected with other people. So, you know, when an exile part or a vulnerable part can really like show up with another um, exile of your partner or your friend, like that can be really tender place. But probably if you're in some self energy and you're with your, you know, the person in relationship self energy, that's where like the deepest connection, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such a great point that like parts aren't very creative. Right. And like, you, you know, using your example of dinner, it's like, you know, if it's part to part, there isn't like a lot of like creative problem solving or connection being had. Yeah. But if like everyone is in like a calm, receptive state, then like, it's really easy to come up with like a solution right. from a place where you're just like, you know, you're feeling more creative and open as opposed yeah. to being kind of like locked in mm-hmm. to this, to this part that's come up. Um, I know in some of the couples work that I do, I think about like, you know, speaking from the part, like, what is the part saying here? Mm-hmm. Um, what is that like controlling part? What is it afraid of? And what does it want the other part person to know as opposed to me? Mm-hmm. Like I am saying this is different than my controlling part is saying this or my fearful yes. part is saying this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also a great example of like all parts are welcome. Like having that language can be really useful. Like a part of me feels this way. You can speak 
for them versus speaking from them. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. is when you're blended with that part and you're being like, no, it has to be this, this way or the highway. Yeah. We're, we're having spaghetti. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is. Yeah. 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 So yeah, there can be a lot more um, flexibility and freedom if you're speaking for your parts versus from them. Yeah. And I think like, you know, being in a more extreme part ultimately is just disconnecting mm-hmm. in any relationship. I think, especially from our most intimate ones, because like you said, those are the most vulnerable, those require the most risks. So I think even yeah. just to like offer that, that like, it makes sense that more extreme or, you know, parts that feel bigger or louder come up mm. in, in intimate relationships or really close friendships or, you know, any real, really close relationship, because that's where we're most vulnerable. And it's so like those scared parts are like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> Control everything because it's too scary to be this open with somebody right. that might hurt me really badly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, we were talking about like our, our protector parts protect the exiles. What you're just saying the more extreme a part is or is being protective is in direct relation to how um, heavy the burden that exile part is carrying. Yeah. So if there's a part of you that very vulnerable that did get really hurt in relationship, that protector is going to be really fierce and make sure that yeah. you don't get hurt again. So really that's just kind of an indicator of like, okay, there's some healing to be had. Yeah. That. You know, if you're, if you're very extreme in some way in a relationship, that just means there's some healing underneath some healing. That, yeah that it's an opportunity really um yeah yeah if you can think about it that way <laughs> that can be kind of tough sometimes but yeah it can I I actually feel like that's a great place to pause yeah I feel like you know thinking about it as like if you do have an extreme part not you know to at least try to like offer some compassion and understanding towards that part that gets really activated and really loud that yeah. like it is just an opportunity, um, for healing. Right. Yeah. 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 And that's also another compassionate way of seeing, you know, sometimes I think people have a lot of uh, shame and things like that around, like getting really extreme or having yeah. these extreme parts and to be able to pause and be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. There must be some, there's a pain point. There. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can turn toward that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for being here. I feel like this was a great conversation and I mean, even I learned some things about IFS and yeah, um, I will link to the show notes where folks can find you, especially if they are in Oregon or Washington and want to work with you. Um, but yeah, I'll link to your website and yeah, I just really appreciate you, you being here with me today. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lauren. This was super fun. I really yeah. appreciate being able to talk with you on your show as well as just IFS. Yeah. I can talk about it all day long. Yeah, I know. We'll have to have more, uh, more IFS episodes to come. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks. All right. Thanks so much. I'm just going to stop real quick.